Awesome. Awesome. Well, as you all know, we are in our series entitled Faith Moves. Everybody say Faith Moves. And if you would, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And once you get there, if you would, stand to your feet. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And we're going to jump down and read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. But jump up and read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. That's what we're going to do. And if you need an outline, if you need a paper outline, um, they are available. If you would, just kind of just raise your hand so our team will know to get you a paper outline if you need one. Um, or you can, you can get the digital version of that outline, sermons.church, type in We Are Momentum, or actually just type in Momentum Church, it'll pop up. Um, but there are outlines available so you can follow along um, with how we're going in this series. And so everybody at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, everybody there, if you did not bring your Bible, guess what? It is okay because you can look at the Bible on the screen. And so uh, we try to make it accessible for you so that you can view the Bible if you did not bring your Bible. Amen. Everybody at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And this is what the scripture says. I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Version, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. And then we're going to jump down to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. I'm going to read from the MC Amplified Classic on there. And this is what the scripture says. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and not in the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. This is what the Passion Translation says. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Everybody say faith. This is, what it's, this is what Hebrews, and just skip down, skip over verse 2. Let's go to verse 3, and this is what it says. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purposes by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. I want to use for a topic this morning, I'm speaking to the rough side of the mountain. Everybody like, oh, Pastor Jay, what you said? I'm speaking to, repeat after me, I'm speaking to, I'm speaking to the, rough the rough side of the mountain. Of the mountain. Tell your neighbor, I'm speaking to, I'm speaking to the, rough the rough side of the mountain. Tell your other neighbor who you didn't choose on the first try. Tell them, I'm speaking to the rough side of the mountain. Let's look, look from God and pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you for who you are. I pray that you move Lester Bell Jr. out of the way and that you allow Holy Spirit to speak through me to your people. God, we thank you for this word that it will fall on the good soils of your people's heart and that it will cause transformation in their life. So, God, we honor you, we love you, we thank you for this message that it will come forth with boldness and clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you sit down, say, I'm speaking to the rough side of the mountain. Now, a lot of you, a lot of you know what I, what I derived that from. For those of us who have not been in church all of our life, who did not float in here on a cloud, or who did not drink um, and eat communion for breakfast, there was this song back in the day called, I'm coming up on the rough side 
Y'all remember that song? Of the mountain, I'm doing my best to make it in, right? But we're going to use that today. We're going to say, I'm speaking to the rough side of the mountain. So I want to start out by saying this and asking you this question. How are you framing your world? Are you framing your world with faith-filled words? Or are you framing your world with fear-filled words? So we see in our text today in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purposes by the word of God. Now the word, word here means rhema. Everybody say rhema. And what does rhema mean? Rhema means a spoken word. We know that Jesus is also the word. He is the logos word, right? And so logos is when you see a logo, when you see this momentum logo, it, it says basically this is the brand. This is who we are. But Jesus is the logos word. Everybody say logos word. But the word word here means rhema, which means spoken word, which is a command. See, I believe this. Many, many of us today are framing our world with fear and doubt. And today, what we're going to do, we're going to lean into learning how to frame our world with faith. Everybody say, frame my world, frame my world. With, faith. with faith. See, listen, you are framing your world by the words that you speak into any situation. So you're framing your world. So whatever situation that comes into your life, however you view that situation, however you perceive that situation, if you perceive it as bad, then guess what? You're going to see the bad side of it. But if you perceive it as good, because the scripture says, all things work together for the good of them that love God to those called according to his purpose and will. If you view your situation like that, then you will see that life is not happening to me. Life is happening for me. And when we, take, when we take our perception off of life is happening to me to life is happening for me, then we frame our world differently. Everybody say frame. frame. So, so, so it's this. If you do not like your world, you should consider changing your words. Amen. See, a lot of times we, we speak into our life certain things. And we're going we're gonna to talk about some things today because I, I know we've heard of the... the theology of name it, claim it, call it, haul it. But guess what? That is not a healthy theology. Um, we want to make sure that we teach you what the scripture is actually saying, because if you never know what the scripture is saying and you try to apply something that doesn't work for you, then you call the scripture as false. But the scripture is true. God's word will not return unto him void. So I want to give you a newsflash this morning. You can't speak things into existence. I just heard a pin drop on that one. You cannot speak things into existence. Only God can. So let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, because I want you to see this in the scripture. I don't want you to think, Pastor Jay, just making up stuff because I've been speaking things into existence all my life. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. That's, that's, not, that's not the power that God has given you. Now, the power that God has given you, we'll talk about that. Everybody at Romans chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. This is what the scripture says. Therefore, the promises come by faith. The promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. 
He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you father of many nations. He is, he is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead. Listen to this. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So I want you to look at that. Let's break that down. It says, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. We have often heard that I can call those things that be not as though they were. No, you cannot. Because if that was true, you would have did that a long time ago. And so we have to understand that God has that power to call into being things that be not as though they were. Because I, listen, I, reach, I really want you to understand the scripture here because I don't want you to misapply the scripture because if you misapply the scripture, then you're only hurting yourself. And we want to make sure that we build disciples here who are strong in the word, strong in their faith, and know what the word of God says. And so this is what verse 18 says. It says, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So what did Abraham do? Abraham said, I'm going to believe the word of God, and I'm going to speak the word of God. See, although you cannot speak things into existence, you can speak faith into an area of doubt that will give you courage to take an action that will change your life. So you can speak faith into an area of doubt. So when you speak faith into that area of doubt, then it will give you the courage to take action to change your life. See, listen to this. When you take God at his word, he will give you the words to say to see his word come true. Did you hear what I just said? When you take God at his word, he will give you the words to say to see his word come true. So God never called you to call things into existence. He called you to speak into faith what he has already created for your life. And so when we get in faith, we get in faith and say, God, I'm speaking to my life what you have already spoken into my life. So listen, we must voice the promises of God. Everybody say this with me. We must voice the promises of God. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. And I got 39 minutes left. Nobody looks back, but I got 39 minutes left. Everybody like, that's a long 39 minutes. That's the 39 minutes from last week, Pastor Jay. Everybody at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. And this is what the scripture says. It says, Roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. So what does this scripture mean? What is this, what is this scripture saying? It's saying this, when our thoughts become agreeable to God's will, our voice has power to see what God desires in our life. So when my, when my thoughts become agreeable to God's will, what happens? Then God starts to implant into my mind his thoughts, his will, his way. And when he places his thoughts, his will, and his way into my heart, then I can speak the right words and to see what God has for me. So everybody say, 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 say power. So, so, so we need to understand our power when it comes. We need to understand the power of God and we need to understand our power as well, because our power should come into agreement with the power of God. 
So when we speak something, we're only speaking what God has already spoken into our life. And when you speak the word, then you can see the word manifest in your life. So let's go to Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. And this is about a woman who says something to herself. And I want you all to see what happened in this. She didn't speak into existence. She only heard about the word and she spoke the word. She spoke to herself the word. So this is what it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. It says this. It says, and there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distress and ailment. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that the, that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the, and the disciples kept saying to him, You see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides, and you ask, Who touched me? Still he kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing, that, knowing what had been done for her, Though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing forth from faith in God, has restored your health. Go in into peace and continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. So what happened? So, so let's, let's follow along and see what happened in this scripture, right? So what happened? So she, this lady, she had, she, had, she had a flow that did not stop for 12 years, so she went and spent all her money, right? She went to the doctor, she went to this doctor, she went to Mobile Infirmary, she went to Ashner, she went to uh, USA, she went to all of these hospitals, and she still did not get healed. So what did she do? She heard the reports concerning Jesus. So what did she do? She heard the word, because Jesus is the word. So since she heard the word, she said to herself, if I go and touch the word, then I can be healed. So, so we have to understand that our power isn't in speaking things into existence. Our power is in Christ. And so when we put our focus on Christ as opposed to putting our focus on our problems, then we can see our life happen the way it's supposed to happen. So the question becomes this, what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to yourself? Are you speaking that since you have had to deal with something for so long that you're going to have to continue to deal with it? Because that's what happens a lot of times. We get so defeated, and as a result of us getting defeated, then we keep speaking defeat into our life. Or question, have you heard about Jesus who can change your life? Have you heard about the one who can save your soul? See, once we increase our awareness of the words we use, we will choose not to use negative words because of the damage that they can do. Because words not only change lives, but they also create emotions. They create emotions. They create actions. And from those actions result the, let me, let me say that again. From those actions flow the results of our lives. 
So what do I mean by that? When the lady said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then she had an action that caused her to touch the hem of his garment. See, a lot of times we're thinking that we can just speak something, speak something, speak something, and that's not accompanied by actions, and then we don't see our life change because we haven't saw the actions that need to be accompanied with the words. See, the word that you speak has to be accompanied by an action. You have to do something when you speak the word. You have to have faith when you speak the word, because if you don't have faith when you speak the word, you'll never see the word come true in your life. So, so what you desire to see and hear in your reality, you must first see and hear within. So the scripture says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, then that means I need to fill my heart with the word of God. Amen. If it's wisdom that I'm looking for, I need to fill my heart with wisdom. If it's love that I'm looking for, I need to fill my heart with love. If it's peace that I'm looking for, I need to fill my life with peace. And how do I do that? I do that through the word of God. I do that through the word of God. So listen, repetition is the most powerful tool to imprint something into our minds and keep it there. So have you ever heard of the illusion of truth effect? And I taught on this a while back, maybe about five years ago. The illusion, everybody say the illusion Say it like you mean it, the illusion of truth effect. So what does that mean, Pastor Jay? What does that mean? It basically, it basically means this. It basically proves that any statement we read, see, or speak regularly is seen as more valid than one we're only exposed to occasionally. So the more I speak something, the more I see something, the more I hear something, the more true it becomes to me. So the more I speak the word, the more I see the word, the more I hear the word, the more I see the word, the more I speak the word, the more I hear the word, it becomes more truth to me. God's word is truth. Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so the more we see the word, so that means the more we read the word, the more we hear the word. See, church is not just church just for you to come to church. Church is for you to come hear the word. Because when you hear the word, then your faith is filled. And when your faith is filled, then you can speak faith into a situation and you can see your life change outside of these four walls. See, I like, see, see we're not just supposed to just come just to say we came. We're, we're supposed to come to hear faith-filled words that will cause us to make faith-filled actions on the outside of these four walls. So we have to understand that the more we see the word, the more we speak the word, the more we hear the word, the more we will see the word come true. So let's go to Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14, and then verses 20 through 24. Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14, and then verses 20 through 24 this morning. Because we, we, we have to learn what the word says about words. Because once we understand what the word says about words, we can speak the right words. So everybody at Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14, and we're going to jump down to 20 through 24. And this is what the scripture says. It says, on the day following, when they had come away from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves, he went to it to see if he could find any fruit on it. Now, who is this he? This he is Jesus. For in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. So Jesus, from afar off, saw a tree that looked aesthetically pleasing to him. So he said, let me get close up. 
And so when he got close up, this is what happened. This is, this is what happens. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the fig season had not yet come. And he said to it, no one ever again shall eat fruit from you. And his disciples were listening to what he said. So Jesus saw that the tree far off had leaves. And so a fig tree, when you see leaves, it usually have, it has fruit as well. But Jesus saw off something that was aesthetically pleasing. See, a lot of times our life looks from far off aesthetically pleasing. But when you get close up on our life, we don't have any fruit to show because we haven't applied any actions to our life. We've spoken the words. We look good. We got the words. We have the leaves. But we haven't seen any action that comes. We haven't seen any fruit that comes from a result of us applying the word of God. And so Jesus got to the tree and was like, okay, well, from afar off, I saw that you... I thought you had some fruit because I saw your leaves. But from this point on, you're not going to produce any more fruit. You're actually going to be uprooted from the ground. So let's go down to Mark chapter 11, verse 20, because this story, it had like a little break, and then it, 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 like it had like a commercial break, and then it jumped to what actually happened next. So verse 20 through 24 says this. It says, in the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doom has withered away. And Jesus, replying to him, said to him, Have faith in God constantly. So your faith should not be in faith, but your faith should be in God. So your faith should not be in your words. Your faith should be in God. And a lot of times we put faith into things that we shouldn't put faith into, and it takes the power away from God for you. It doesn't take the power away from God like it makes God powerless. But for you, if you put your faith in the wrong things, then it takes your focus off of God. So everybody say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. So verse 23 says this, Truly I tell you that whosoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. So what are some things to overcome with your words? Everybody say, there are some things to overcome with your words. And what is that first thing? That first thing is this, doubts. Everybody say doubts. And what, so what does the scripture says? It says, truly I tell you that whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into, sea, thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart. Where does doubt happen? Doubt happens in your heart. See, when you doubt that something is, is not likely to happen, then you're not going to follow through on that thing because you don't even think it's going to happen at all. So everybody say doubts. What else do we need to overcome with our words? We need to overcome with our words difficulties. Everybody say difficulties. So, so what the scripture is saying here is that that mountain, it seems like it's a difficult situation. It seems bigger than you. It seems greater than you. But when you have faith in God constantly, then that difficulty, which seems great to you, is small to God. And so we have to look at our problems the way God looks at our problems. Actually, God doesn't even see our problems. He actually only sees solutions because he's bigger than the problem. He's, he is the solution. He is the solution to our problem. So everybody say difficulties. 
What else are things that we need to overcome with our words? We need to overcome dis-ease. Everybody say dis-ease. Now, why did I break it up like this? We, we often hear disease, right? So dis-ease, why did I break it up like this? So ease means that, that you will go through life fairly easy, right? Not saying that life is not hard, but dis-ease is dissing the ease that God has already given you. He will keep thee in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So a lot of times we have dis-ease because our mind isn't stayed on God. And as a result of our mind not being on God, we don't have peace. We don't have perfect peace that goes beyond our understanding. So we have dis-ease. Everybody say dis-ease. And what else do we need to overcome with our words? We need to overcome division. Everybody say division. See, a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. So if you are unstable in all of your ways, if you're saying, okay, well, I believe that God is going to do this, but I don't believe God is going to do this, then you are unstable. You are being tossed, turned, thrown in every direction because you are unstable. So we have to understand that no task that is in accordance with God's will is impossible if it is performed by those who believe and do not doubt. So we have to understand that God can do anything but fail. So when we understand that God can do anything but fail, then we will put our faith in him and know that God has us always. If God be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, that's speaking faith into your life. So when you understand that you speak the word, let me speak the word into my situation. Let me speak the word of faith into this situation. Okay, this situation seems like it's too difficult to happen. Let me speak faith into this situation. So God is the source of the power to change. Everybody say, God is the source of the power to change. So, so when we hear about moving the mountain in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, it is a universal symbol of doing something that appears to be impossible. So it may be impossible to you, but God, to God it says, I'm possible. So, so, so Jesus, when he was talking to the disciples, he presupposed that overcoming difficulty in view was God's will. So God doesn't want you to go, God, 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 listen, if you are a child of God, then God wants your life to go well. Because when your life goes well, guess what? It brings glory to him. And when it brings glory to him, then you point people to him. So your life should be pointing people to God. When, when, a, when a difficulty comes into your life and God handles that difficulty and delivers you, then it should point people to Christ. It should point people to God. So let your, works do, so let your good works so shine before men that they may see your light and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, so that means that whenever I go through something that seems hard to the human eye, to God's eye, it's not hard. Is there anything too hard for God? So when we understand that anything that tries to present itself to us and we go through that with God, see, God will never leave us nor forsake us. So when we go through that with God and we come out on the other side, because there's some people saying, well, how did they even get through this situation? How did they even go through this without crumbling? How did they go through this, this loss without being crushed? Because I went through it with God, because God was with me the whole time. And so our faith should be in God. Everybody say, our faith, our faith should be in God. So if we have real faith, listen, prayer is a power which can solve any problem and make us able to deal with any difficulty. 
So, so what, when we pray, what happens is we, our will becomes submissible to God's will. And when our will becomes submissible to God's will, then God plants in our mind the right thoughts. And as a result, see, see you speak from your thoughts. So, so you speak from your situation. So whatever thoughts are in your mind, that's what you speak from. So when God places his thoughts into your mind, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you are transformed by his way, his will, and his word, then you are able to see his way, his will, and his word come true in your life. So the question becomes this, Pastor Jay, how do we speak faith? Somebody say, how do I, how do I speak, faith? speak faith? The first one is this, it is mimicking. Everybody say mimicking. And what do we mimic? We mimic what the word of God has already said about our situation. So whatever you are going through, God has already said something about your situation in his word. Have you read your word enough to know that God has already said something about your situation? Or are you looking for God to create a new word? See, God's word is already, it's, it's already established. It's already settled. And so when we act in faith, when we have faith-filled words, then we mimic what God has already said about our life. So everybody say mimicking. mimicking. What else? How else do we speak faith? Meaning. Everybody say meaning. meaning. And what do I mean by that? We have to mean what we say. You have to mean what you say. You can't say something one day and then say something the next day because guess what? They're going to counsel each other out. And so the question is, do you have faith to believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do? Or are you saying, okay, God, I don't think you can handle this? Because a lot of times how we speak really determines the faith that we have in God and what we think about God. Amen. So what we think about God is, 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 can God handle this? Can God handle what I'm going through? Can God, can God fix what I'm going through? Or can God not fix what I'm going through? Everybody, so everybody say meaning. meaning. How else do we speak faith? We do this, minimizing. Everybody say minimizing. And what do we minimize? We minimize our doubt. See, your doubt has to be minimized because if your doubt is not minimized, then your doubt will speak greater than your faith. And your doubt will create a fear that will cause you to get something that you do not want to see in your life. So everybody say minimizing. minimizing. And lastly, we have to do this. Everybody say monitoring. So what do we monitor, Pastor Jay? We monitor our thoughts. We have to monitor. Monitor our thoughts. So are our thoughts in alignment with the will of God and the word of God? So let's go to James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. I'm going to end on this. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And this is what the scripture says. It says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. And this is the verses that I really want us to hit. Only it must be in faith that he acts with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting, for the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he acts from the Lord. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, 
He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. So, so the question is, are you asking in faith or are you asking in fear? Because if, if you are asking in fear, then you're not going to see what God wants for you. But if you are asking in faith, then you're going to see what God has for you because you're just, ask, see, see you're just asking God to confirm his word in your life when you speak in faith. So you say, God, I'm going to take you at your word and I'm going to believe what your word says and I'm going to speak your word over my situation. See, the reason your situation hasn't changed is because you haven't spoken the word over your situation. You haven't spoken faith into your situation because you've spoken fear into your situation. So how do we speak faith? We do this by mimicking. Everybody say mimicking. Everybody say meaning. Everybody say minimizing. And everybody say monitoring. That's how we speak faith into our life. Amen? Let's look from God in prayer. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you. God, we thank you that our words will be filled with faith because we believe in what you said that you would do. So, God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. We pray, Lord God, that if anybody needs to make a decision for you this morning, that you will allow them the space and opportunity to do so. So, God, we thank you, we love you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to say this with me. Good things are coming. I want you to say this. The favor of God is on my life. Say the favor of God is on my family's life. Say the favor of God is on Momentum Church. Say God is with me and I shall not fail. Say I am the head and not the tail. Say if God be for me, who can be against me? See, that's how you speak faith into your life. That's, 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 that's how you do it. A lot of times we try to make things, these big immaculate things. It's just simple. God, a lot of times we try to, is, and, and, and I can be guilty of this myself as, as a leader, we try to make it seem like, you know, it's this big hard thing to do, but guess what, it's not. It's not, God, God is not a difficult God because he loves you. He wants you to understand his word. So he's not going to put, he, he, now there is revelation when you go deeper and deeper into him. But God wants you to just speak faith into your life. So every morning, I want you to start speaking faith into your life. Today is going to be, today is a great day, not going to be, because going to be, you're looking forward to be. But today is a great day, so you have already commanded your day. I want you to start saying favor, the favor of God is on my life. I want you to start speaking faith into your life. God's goodness, God's timing is God's kindness. See, because a lot of times we think that, man, I didn't get it in a timing that I wanted it. I'm so thankful that I didn't get things in a timing that I wanted it because I would have sabotaged it in the timing that I wanted it. So God's timing is God's kindness. Everybody say that with me. God's timing is God's kindness. See, there's some people that's looking for some things. You've been waiting for those things, but God's, he's delaying it. He's not denying, he's just delaying it so you can get ready for it. Because if he would have gave it to you when you wanted it, you may not have it right now. And I'm a witness of that. If God would have gave me some stuff that I wanted at the age that I wanted it, then I would not be in the place that I am now. And so God had to protect me. And so God's timing is God's kindness. So start speaking faith into your life every morning.
And you, how do you do that? You do it through affirmations. Every morning I get up and I speak over you. I speak over my wife. I speak over my son. I speak over, I speak over my life. I speak over uh, what God has gifted me and called me to do. Because if I never do that, then it says that I don't believe that God is going to do something great. See, if Noah would have never believed that it was going to rain, he would have never built the ark. So the question is, how are you preparing for what God has, has, has spoken to your heart? Are you just waiting on God to say, God, I'm just waiting on you to do it. And God like, no, I'm waiting on you to move. I'm waiting on you to speak faith-filled words into your situation. So start speaking, start speaking into your life every morning. I am beautiful. I am handsome. I am worthy. I am of value because you are of value. Did you know that? Did you know that you are of value because God would have never sent his son for you if, you did, if he did not value you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So you are of value. You are worthy of what God has called you to be worthy of. You are above. You are more than a conqueror. That's how you speak faith-filled words into your life. God, thank you for, for allowing me to make it safely to work. God, thank you for the ability to live, move, and have my being in you. God, thank you for the ability to see, to feel, to touch, to hear. God, thank you for that. Because listen, when you become thankful for what God has given you, then God can increase more of what he wants to give you. But if we're, if we're taking for granted what we think that God owes us, God owes me this. The world owes me this. Life owes me this. The world doesn't owe you anything. God doesn't owe you anything. You owe God everything. And so when you change your mindset that, that life is not happening to me, but life is happening for me, then you'll start to see your life change. Amen? So intercessors, if you would, join, join me this morning. But I just want you this week, this is your homework assignment this week. I want you to start speaking faith into your situation this week. Don't wait. Don't wait until you, you know, get what you think you need. Start speaking faith today. When you get home, when you get in your car.